Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another PC Boys podcast. This is your boy, Logan. I hope you are all having a fantastic day today. So before we get started, as per usual, the link tree will be in the description below where you guys can go and, of course, you know, subscribe to the Rumble channel and, um... You can access all of our social links on there, so Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and last but not least, of course, you can go on there to get to our merch store and purchase our merch uh, to help us. Um, I am still currently in the works of doing my Ant-Man spoiler review for the members uh, page. That should be out by this week. I originally had it planned to be out by late last week. And then things got a little bit busy towards the end of the week. So I should have that up by Wednesday. Um, but I look forward to getting that up for you guys because I really want to go in depth and talk about the things that I really love and dislike about that movie. But without further ado, uh, we are going to get into today's topics. Now, we are going to be talking about three topics in particular today. We're going to be talking about Transformers Rise of the Beast, some more information, some leaked stuff um, that has come out, and then we will be talking about um, the Spider-Man 2 um, game showcase, and we will be leaving off the podcast, or finishing it off, I guess I should say, um, with Disney Plus removing content from their streaming service and giving my take and opinions on that whole mess. Um, But let's get into the first topic. So, Transformers Rise of the Beast is about a little over a week out now from theaters, and I'm really excited. I'm supposed to go see it with somebody next week, and if that changes, I'll just be seeing it by myself, but either way, I'm gonna see this fucking movie, but I'm really excited to see what they're gonna do with the franchise, because if I'm correct, they recently said it is a reboot, and they confirmed it, which I mean, granted, of course it's a reboot, like, how the fuck are you gonna make this movie makes sense with the Bay franchise, it would make no sense. But, so there's a few different things. So last time we covered Transformers, we were talking about, you know, Unicron being a multiversal villain and kind of going through some of the bios of each of the characters. And so since then, there's been a lot of talk online. There's been some rumors about Megatron being in the movie um, in more than just a post credit scene. There has been a leak um, that apparently the post credit scene, so potential spoilers ahead, so of course, you know, re- or go forward a little bit in the podcast if you don't want to be spoiled. Apparently, the post credit scene is going to involve the G.I. Joe being in crossover with the Transformers. Take that as you will. I don't know what to think about it. Um... It's interesting, but if this movie's really good, I don't know why you would jeopardize this trilogy by throwing the G.I. Joe in there, but I guess we're going to have this crossover. Now, that's also kind of not surprising in a sense, too, because they were trying to do something like that with the Bayverse years ago, and it never came to fruition, so I'm not surprised they're trying to do a crossover, But I just think it's too early to do that, you know? Maybe get through the trilogy, maybe get two movies in, then throw in the crossover, and do some G.I. Joe movies to build up the crossover, but uh, we'll we'll see what they uh, end up doing with um, that whole thing. So, 
there's been that. There's been more, of course, you know, um, TV spots dropping, which have been showing more parts of the movie. So, I think it's very safe to say that Bumblebee's probably going to be okay. Um, if there's any death in this movie, I would have to say it's probably going to be Mirage. Um, based upon one of the TV spots, we also get to see um, Ape Link versus Scourge. And I think Scourge ends up um, pulling out his arm blade against Ape Link. So, if that's the case, maybe Ape Link won't die like I initially... Um, like I initially predicted. So I'm very interested to see where they're going to go with this movie. And Unicron, I'm also interested to see what they're going to do with him in this movie. Like how big of a role he's going to actually play. Are they building up as like a Thanos-like villain? Like I'm not sure. But all these trailers are just... They make me excited for the movie, but they confuse me at the same time because, you know, when I first saw the trailers and the early TV spots, I pr- I pretty much thought in my mind, like, this is how the movie's going to go. We know in the beginning of the movie there's going to be a museum fight scene with the Autobots and the, um, the Terracons. Is that it? Sorry, I'm blanking out. It's like late at night for me when I'm recording this. But... Anyways, um, but they're supposed to fight at, like, the museum in New York, and then they eventually go, um, to, I believe it is the jungles of Peru, and meet the Maximals, and I don't, and then, of course, there's probably gonna be a little bit of a mid-movie fight in Peru, and then, of course, finishing off wherever the fuck they are, the volcano, the world of the Maximals, wherever it is, um, for the final battle, and... The more that I see of Optimus Prime and the more that I see of fucking um, Optimus Primal and shit, I'm just so excited. Like, Optimus Primal in one of the TV spots says, Maximals, Maximize, and I was losing my shit because it's such a classic line. Like, I'm so hyped for this movie. Like, people have got no idea. Like, Transformers, for me, is an event movie, okay? Every Transformers movie... I watched in theaters as a kid from Revenge of the Fallen on was an event movie. The only Transformers movie I have not seen in theaters was um, the very first Transformers in 2007 because I didn't know what the fuck the Transformers were until after that movie. And I became a bigger fan than my dad ever was of Transformers, and he grew up with them. So, and, you know, owned the toys and watched the cartoon. I owned the G1 series. I owned the uh, original 1980s movie. I own pretty much all the Transformer live-action movies, Beast Wars, um, Transformers Prime, um, you know, the comics and stuff. I don't own them, but I've read them and stuff. So, like, there's a bunch of different versions and, and, you know, different media forms of the Transformers that I've owned and collected and, and have done deep dives into over the years. And this movie, there's just so much nostalgia and Easter eggs in this movie. And if Megatron ter- does turn out to be in this movie, that's kind of like, a I guess, PC Boys scoop, if you will, that Megatron's supposed to be in this movie. Um, and the reason I say it's been rumors is because... In the Bumblebee movie, Travis Knight originally wanted to put Megatron in that movie, and they even put a CGI render, or made up a CGI render, of Megatron. And that's the same CGI render they decided to use on the Rise of the Beast toy, but apparently Megatron will make an appearance in this movie, 
if not have a little bit of a part in this movie, which that would explain, you know, a, it would be a very big surprise because for the robot castings in this movie, it's basically Autobots, Maximals, Terracons, um, rather than, um, you know, Decepticons. There's like one Decepticon in this movie. So I'm very interested to see how this movie plays out. And I'm very excited um, and the TV spots just keep getting me a little bit more hyped as they go along. But yeah, some of my thoughts, I guess, on, you know, Ape Link's dying and, um, you know, Mirage dying and Bumblebee being fine. Um, like some of these thoughts have changed and that's just simply due to the fact of what I've seen via the trailers and the TV spots. But ladies and gentlemen... Those are kind of the few little things I have to talk about for Transformers Rise of the Beast, which will be out on June 9th in theaters, and I will be seeing it on opening weekend. Um, so I will be putting the uh, spoiler-free review up for free on the main podcast here, and I will put my spoiler review, so my whole deep-dive analysis and full-on um, opinions and thoughts and all that will be put for the membership as well. Um, so that and my Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania will both be members only, um, for the spoiler reviews anyways. And they're more than spoiler reviews, you know, obviously you're gonna get, like, my full-on opinions and deep dives into everything. Um, so it's not just spoilers, it's also me giving my very deep, nitty-gritty opinions on everything and why I like it or why I don't like it. And, um, that's what it's going to be, but I will do spoiler free reviews on the channel for everybody. It's just, I want to get the good stuff to the people that, you know, want to support the podcast, um, and help us grow, um, even further. But without further ado, that is going to be the end of this segment. And when we come back, we will be discussing about the Spider-Man 2 showcase and my thoughts on what they showed at the PlayStation showcase. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the second segment of this podcast. So we just uh, got done talking about the Transformers Rise of the Beast leaks and kind of like my thoughts on that and, you know, a little bit of the extra footage that they showed in their TV spots. But now we are going to be talking about Spider-Man and no, we're not talking about Across the Spider-Verse. That's going to be its own podcast in and of itself. Um... But we're going to be talking about the Spider-Man 2 game showcase um, that blew me away. So, in the showcase, we got to see our first look at Kraven the Hunter. And my fucking lord, this man looks absolutely beautiful. This guy is literally straight up taken out of the comics, but modernized for the Spider-Man PS4 world, where a lot of people are wearing a bunch of body armor, so his suit and everything's a little bit more armored and stuff, but this guy is fucking huge, and he's tracking down this guy in the, in the woods, in the wilderness, and he's disappointed, 
And then basically one of his lackeys, a part of his hunting group or whatnot, says, let's, you know, how about a new hunting ground and shows Manhattan, New York, and shows like Black Cat, the two Spider-Men, some of his villains. Um, then there's a new villain in there that looks like Captain Watanabe from the first PS4 game that is turning into an anti-hero or like a vigilante. So she is going to be on that uh, Craven's list. We know that the lizard's going to play a role, and we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, and then, of course, you know, some of um, the other people like Shocker and stuff. Taskmaster was also on there. So very interested to see that. And then they show us Queens, which is supposed to be one of the new explorable areas in this game um, that was not available in the original PlayStation 4 game. So we get to see... Um, Queens, obviously where Peter Parker grew up, and we get to see the black suit very early on, and the way that this thing fucking folds or morphs over, you know, Peter's body is absolutely incredible, um, they bring back the tentacle, um, fighting style from Web of Shadows, so that was really awesome to see just Peter slamming people into trucks with the tentacles, or slamming them into the ground, or picking them up and slamming them down, on the asphalt, like, it's absolutely incredible, like, I'm watching this shit, and I'm just glued, I can't look away, and the suit looks very organic, so, essentially, think of, if you didn't see the showcase, I would recommend you to go watch it, but, think of, like, Venom, right, from the new movies, how he looks really slimy, and, like, organic, so, that's what this suit looks like, and it looks very similar to the, um, concept art for the black suit in the MCU, as well, so, I like it personally. I know that there's a big divide amongst people in the Spider-Man community because there are people out there saying, no, this is stupid, you know, I don't like the, the organic look. And then there's some people saying it looks too armored. So if you're looking at, like, the, the mask part of the, the suit, it does kind of look like a helmet. I'm not going to lie, it does a little bit look like a helmet. But I will say I'm very impressed with how it looks. I personally enjoy the look that they gave Spider-Man with the black suit. And for me personally, I'm not complaining. I really like the organic look. And here's the funny thing about it too. Not only is it the organic look, but it is obviously very noticeable to its original roots. Here's, here's the thing, and, and the only problem that I find with people that are saying, like, oh, it should look like how it did in the comics, like the cloth and stuff. Here's the thing, it doesn't look as alien-like. It just doesn't look like it's a living organism. However, if you look at it from the perspective that I've been looking at it since I saw the reveal showcase the other week... The fact that it looks organic and like it's a living being, I think, gives it more character than the OG costume in the comics, where it, yeah, kind of looked like it was made out of cloth. But the spider logo looks like it does in the comics. It's got a nice organic look, and they actually show the symbiote affecting Peter's personality and his mood. Now, originally in the comic books... The black suit did not make Spider-Man actually a douchebag. It didn't actually affect his personality and his emotions. All the black suit did in the comics was give him, you know, better agility, uh, more strength. 
And essentially, it just took his body out for, you know, night strolls, if you will, or night swings. And it made Peter Parker very tired. But it didn't actually affect his mood. But in the 1990s, I believe it was, um, animated series, that's where that incarnation of, like, the black suit messing with, you know, actual emotional state came from. And they've pretty much ran with that ever since. But it's really nice to see, you know, Peter Parker very angry. Because, like... You play through the first game, you're like, oh, you know, Peter's, you know, Spider-Man. Like, he is what you expect. And then you see this guy, the black suit comes over him, and then he's screaming at everybody. You know, he's got some good lines, like, he sounds menacing. You know, saying that, you know, your your hunt for the lizard ends now. And then, you know, saying that he's gonna, you know, you're gonna wish, or Craven's gonna wish he never came to New York and stuff. And, like, he, one line he has, you know, he's picking up this person with his tentacle arm and slams him into the ground and says, Craven wants a hunt. I'll give him one. He'll never forget. But he's, he's angry when he's saying all these lines or like when he's talking to miles, he's just very dismissive of, of a lot of things that miles says. And just, is like very aggressive. Like, Hey, get, fu- you know, get moving. Like, you know, we're, you're wasting time. Um, and he's very, uh, aggressive when it comes to fighting. Cause he's just not being cautious. Like, Spider-Man normally is a lot more cautious when he fights, but with the black suit, he just wants to keep going forward. So, it, it, it's really awesome, you know, to, to see the black suit in an organic way that we haven't seen it before, but it looks familiar from the comics, especially with the logo, and the fact that, um, you know, his personality, like, you can hear the anger and the aggression in his voice is nice, Um, and a little small thing that I noticed, so for those of you that don't know what the black suit's supposed to look like, in the original comic book, like, on his hand, on the top side of his hand, he had, like, a square or, like, a rectangle, and it would be white, and he, um, could shoot webs from it. In the video game version, he has that, but it's kind of like, it's not a block, though, it's kind of like a strip that... So, essentially, think about it as, like, a military rank. You know, like, what a recruit military rank looks like in, like, a Call of Duty game? It's kind of like that, but it's white. But that's a nice nod to the OG costume as well. So, we get to see the lizard. The lizard looks like the lizard. Um, you know, dinosaur-like or whatnot. Um, personally, not the villain I was expecting in this game, but Craven we knew about, Venom we knew about. I'm interested to see what they do with Harry, if he's going to be a villain or if they're going to save him for a different game. Um, There's some new features, of course. You know, of course, you know, Peter has his tentacle abilities um, to use when he's fighting. Miles Morales has a new bioelectric attack that, you know, incorporates blue electric attacks rather than orange. I'm pretty sure he's going to have them both. Then there's the web wings. That returns... And that's going to be for both characters. But the web wings bring a nice new traversal mechanic to the game, which I think is absolutely fucking awesome. Um, and then on top of that, you know, Miles has these new, like, um, wires that he can, web wires that he can shoot and traverse on inside of buildings, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, so they've added some new, like, a new location to explore. Obviously, they've added some new traversal mechanics, some new ways of fighting. Um, and I really like that. And then, of course, you know, throughout the story, you, you will be changing between Miles and Peter the entire time. 
And there was speculation that there would be co-op for the game, but obviously there wasn't because it's supposed to be a story experience. And I think the way that you can seamlessly transfer between each character or transition between each character is very well done. So I'm very happy that they decided to go that route. Um, but at the end of the day, I was very impressed with the showcase. It, it's definitely got me interested in it for the story. I just need to buy a PS5 now so I can play it. I got a PS4 so I can play the original, but I can't, and Miles Morales, but I can't play the new one until um, I get a PS5. But it looks great. The The black suit looks great. The combat looks great. The new um, improvements they've made looks awesome. And while there are people out there that are complaining that the symbiote suit either looks too... Um, armory, or it looks too organic, or, you know, is saying, oh, it looks too much of, like, the same thing we've already played. Listen, the first game was great, Miles Morales was fun, too, and I'm looking forward to this. Like, the Spider-Man gameplay, in my opinion, is perfect as it is. As long as the story is good, that's all that matters when it comes to these games. Like, is the story good? Like, the gameplay, they already had a great formula with gameplay, Obviously, they added some things into this game to, you know, switch some things up, which is good. But at the end of the day, the story is what we're really there to play. So, very impressed with the showcase. And I can't wait to see more of this game. And they did confirm it is coming out fall of this year. So, we don't have to wait super, super long for this game to come about. But, ladies and gentlemen, that is all I have to talk about when it comes to the uh, Spider-Man 2 game showcase. I hope you all enjoyed my thoughts on the showcase and, you know, giving my opinion on it. And we are finally going to close out and kind of go on a little bit of a rant on Disney removing content from Disney Plus and the ramifications as to what this can do in, you know... I guess the future. So we're going to go into that in just a moment. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and we're on the final segment of this podcast. So we are going to be talking about Disney and uh, some hot water they find themselves in. So Disney is, along with other streaming services, removing content from their service And yes, this means Marvel content as well. For any of you that know The Runaways that was on Hulu and was brought over to Disney Plus at a point is now going to be removed as content. Essentially meaning, if you own the service, you will not be able to watch it anymore. And this is big implications because what Disney is essentially doing by removing content from their service, whether that be Disney Plus or Hulu is they're trying to get tax write-offs. So for those of you that don't know, Disney has not made a profit on Disney Plus yet. At the earliest, they will make a profit late this year. So like quarter four, quarter three, late this year, or they will be making profits by the first two quarters of next year, right? So Disney still has a little bit of time before they start to make profit on their streaming platform. So how do they keep their investors investing? And how do they make it look like they're making profit? Well, they get rid of shows on their service as tax write-offs and they don't have to pay as much money and they save money and it makes the numbers look better, essentially. 
So that's why they're doing this. It's literally to make more money and to keep the investors investing. That's why they're doing this. And it's anti-consumer as hell. And I am not anti-consumer at all. Um, I've talked about these kind of things before when it comes to the gaming industry especially. But this is ridiculous. If you're paying money for a streaming service, you should get all the content possible for that that price. And we know Disney Plus is going to be going up in price because it has to to compete with the streaming market and the fact of inflation and everything. So naturally those prices are going to go up, but you're going to get less content for a price hike, essentially. And it's ridiculous because you're already spending that money. And it's really unfortunate because imagine something like Daredevil. Imagine something like, uh, you know, like uh, The Mandalorian, right? Imagine if Disney says, yeah, we're going to get rid of one of these shows or whatever. So that way, you know, we can save a little bit of extra money. That's going to suck. And this is why me and many other people push for hard car, uh, hard copy media, okay? So, like, you physically go to the store, buy a DVD or a Blu-ray, because that way, number one, they can't edit it. For those of you that don't know, anything on a streaming service can be taken off the service or edited at any time. They can literally go through there and edit episodes whenever they want, remove CGI, remove scenes entirely. They can do that on streaming services. But if you own something on disc, they can't edit it. You get the full thing and you always have the full thing and you don't got to worry about them going through and editing things and or taking it off their service like they're doing now. But like I said, this isn't just a Disney thing. This is a streaming service thing um, wide, like every streaming service is doing this to save money and to look better for investors, but no project and no show and no brand is safe. If they're getting rid of Marvel content, they could literally go for, you know, anything at any moment. Oh, people aren't watching WandaVision anymore. Okay, let's take it off for, you know, a a tax write-off and make it look better for the investors. Oh, no one's watching Daredevil anymore. Okay, we're just going to take that off for a tax write-off, you know? Like, they can do that with anything on the service. And that's what they will do to save money and to look better for investors. So, for anybody that is subscribed to a streaming platform, you vote with your dollar. Don't subscribe to the service if they're going to get rid of content. Go out, buy a bootleg version of whatever it is that you like and watch it that way. And then you own it forever and they can't edit it or take it off the platform. Can't take it out of your fucking house. So, you know, that, and that's why I push for physical media because outside of dealing with not having enough space to put your physical media, outside of that one problem, I am pro physical media because like I said... Can't take it off the streaming service. Can't edit it on the streaming service. They literally have to keep it as is. And you always have it. So that's ultimately what's going on right now in the streaming marketplace. Is Everybody is trying to save money, look better for investors. So they're getting rid of content or they're selling content off to other providers. So let's say hypothetically, maybe you know Marvel wants to sell the, the Daredevil um, license back to Netflix for X amount of money, they can, 
That'd be stupid, but they can if they wanted to, to make money. And like I said, Disney is trying to make money because Disney Plus is not profitable till either later this year or early next year. So they're having to find a way to make that money back. How do they make that money back? Well, they simply either take shows off their service for tax write-offs and or they sell the rights to a different service and get a shit ton of money from that deal. And essentially that's that's what happens. So it's very anti-consumer. It's happening right now. Nothing is really safe. Any show that you watch, any brand that you have. And my advice would be don't subscribe to the service. Buy a physical version of whatever movie or show it is. And if you can't find it in the store or online, buy a bootleg version. At least you will have something. I bought a bootleg version of Prey not long ago. And Prey is an ex- it's exclusive to Hulu. It's, a, it's the, um, what, fifth installment of the Predator franchise, I believe. And it's a prequel to the very first movie. I fucking love it. I bought a bootleg off eBay for like 15 bucks or something like that. And the fucking movie looks great. It plays well. The only problem is audio, but that was also a problem on Hulu. So I don't think the audio thing can be fixed. But I own it physically. I can watch Prey whenever I want and I don't need Hulu. So for future reference, if there's a Disney Plus show that comes out that I really like, I will buy a bootleg because they're dirt cheap. And as long as it's playable, enjoyable, I will fucking, I will do it. And I suggest you all do the same thing because right now with the streaming landscape, apparently they're trying to make people go to streaming. Imagine if someday they say, yeah, we're not going to sell physical movies anymore. That, uh, that's going to suck. Because you know the fans will do it. So, interesting. But ladies and gentlemen, that is all I have for the podcast today. I hope you all enjoyed. Hopefully you found something either informative or exciting or just, you know, enjoyed the commentary. Um, You know, with this podcast, you know, I'm trying to get bigger with this and eventually make this my job someday, as you all know. And although I'm trying to get into a radio station as um, a secure job in the broadcasting world right now, I would love to do this full-time in the future. And if I get to do this full-time, I get to get a better setup, obviously, and I can spend more time researching topics and, you know, planning stuff out more. But until we get to a point where that's feasible for me to do, I just kind of have to keep things relatively on the shorter end But I hope you all enjoyed. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll catch you all in the next one.